What do you wish you knew about money when you were a teen? Today, with Marilyn from the Kids Finance Initiative, we take a look at the habits and attitudes that your children need to shape and have about money and how that impacts and affects their personal financial life now and in the future. Our guest for today is Ms. Marilyn Pinto. Financial literacy was the subject Marilyn wanted her daughters to learn about and it wasn't being taught in the current education system. Most kids will go through 15 years of schooling and not have a single class uh, on how to manage money or budget or choose a credit card, much less use one prudently. So she decided she was going to do something about it. And that's how Kids Finance Initiative got started. And over the last four years, uh, this organization has taught more than 3,500 kids how to be smarter about money. And Madeline isn't just an expert on the topic of financial education for kids. She's also an expert in teaching this to kids in a way that's most effective and in a way that they love to learn. She's partnered with some of the biggest and most respected institutions in the region and has been regularly featured in the national press and thus casting a much-needed spotlight on an incredibly important yet overlooked topic. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Anselm. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Absolute pleasure. I, I hope my kids are going to listen to this podcast. I hope so too. And, um, Actually, this is, is more for parents, so let's hope you listen carefully. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I, will se- I will send my kids across to you. <laughs> I, and, uh, I, you know, the parents often complain their kids are spoiled. I'm going, to, I'm going to lead in with that because I've got two teenage uh, children uh, and they are very demanding. Um, how do you see that? What are your views on that, having interacted with so many different children? That's a good question because that's probably one of the most common questions that I get with regard to my kids are spoiled, they demand too much, mm-hmm. what do I do about it? My answer is probably not going to be very much liked by parents, but uh, mm-hmm. it's the truth. <laughs> uh, what I have to say is that when we say our kids are spoiled, uh, our kids aren't like fruit. They're not mm. like something you keep on a kitchen counter and they get spoiled, right? Mm. So kids get spoiled because of behaviors you either ignore, yeah. you tacitly condone, mm. or you actively encourage. Mm-hmm. So they only will do things because you have set the certain boundaries. Mm. So if your kids are spoiled, it's mainly because you haven't set proper boundaries or mm. because of things that you're actively condoning or encouraging. Mm. So I would ask parents to sort of turn the spotlight a little bit towards them and mm-hmm. see what is it that, that they're doing wrong uh, okay. that their kids are sort of feeding off because typically it's not fair to blame the kids. They're just being kids mm. and they are going to make the best of whatever situation you give them. Yep. So what's the situation you're putting in front of them? I'd mm. like us to look at it from that angle, if that makes sense. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you, you raise a good point there uh, because we know that kids emulate you know, what they see yeah. and uh, very often... And like I like how you put it, they will take advantage of the, the you know what they're saying. It's teenagers. That's their Absolutely. mission in life to push their boundaries to Absolutely. see how far they can push them. So um, it really means setting very clear boundaries in terms mm. of what's acceptable and what's not, and what you will stand for and what you won't. So yeah. and, I, and once those boundaries are set, it's honestly for the kids who've come to the program. I have very I have yet to hear parents who said, "Oh no, they are still demanding." Because once mm. they understand how money works, they understand the different aspects of it. They're actually making smarter decisions than most grown-ups. 
Hmm. And do you see that permit to uh, uh, to other aspects of their life as well? I think so because money is not something that you teach. You know, it's not like history or geography. Correct. It's not like within a certain silo. Yeah. It actually affects every aspect of your life. It sure. affects your confidence. It affects the way what jobs you take up. It affects yeah. your relationships. So mm. yeah, I think if you've got a good handle on money and how you manage it. the uh, the effects actually spill over into different aspects different of areas. your life so i think that's uh, yeah very interesting because um i think we get an education uh, in school and in college but not too much of um and uh, like we uh, you know in you're being kind by saying not too much i've done an yeah. mba program i've done a masters in finance uh, I can tell you, it taught me a big fat zero about money. <laughs> so when you say not too kind, you're being—it's that's euphem—that's a euphemism on how our yeah. education system actually uh, teaches kids or grown-ups about money. They don't; they just don't. Yeah. And uh, uh, absolutely, I mean, to to put it bluntly, yes, uh, there isn't too much of an education on on money. I mean, you get finance, but that's not it's corporate finance. Can, yeah, it's corporate teaches finance. you how to handle company balance sheets. Exactly. Doesn't teach you how to handle your your own money. And I think that sort of works. It, it's a it's a double whammy because kids who take finance or who are you know corporate yeah. finance or accounting they think they know about money yeah. they think that i i'm smart because i've done commerce i've yeah. done uh, i've i've done uh, corporate finance i know about money but they don't uh, and that makes it doubly dangerous because now they think they know about money but they don't yeah. they think they can make smart decisions but it's not but so do you see where this is leading no, absolutely <laughs> absolutely no and we had a guest on uh on our podcast as well who who in fact gave us an example of a cfo of a very very successful cfo um company's records company's finances company mm-hmm. was spotless i mean the you know you couldn't touch it he did a fantastic job on it but his own personal finance was in a mess mm-hmm. and you know part of that uh, problem i think stems from the fact that uh, like you correctly identified and said that you know we don't probably have a good True, and, and I guess it's also with regard to women, it makes it even worse because mm-hmm. we, we women tend to leave the finances up to the up to the man of the family because sure. it's you know, and that makes it so much worse for us because we're clueless about how to deal with it. Usually, when most women are forced into learning about money, it's because they're either getting divorced or they're widowed, and yeah. that's the worst time to actually learn about oh, anything. And uh, I think not. and i've spoken to so many parents you know i mean they are en- enrolling their kids for the program but they're saying we still don't know we still leave it up to our yeah. husbands we still ha- are clueless about any of the savings or assets that we have and and we don't want our kids to to follow the same uh, t- you know just to follow the same sure. path we want we want a different path for them yeah. and um, that is what we are offering essentially uh, uh, and and it's a wonderful uh, wonderful job that you're doing i think i've i've Thank read you. and That's seen some kind. of the testimonials uh, of parents and uh, i mean I I'm discounting the parents here completely. I've read the the stories of the children themselves and I think that was fascinating reading. Uh just to see that mindset shift shift, yeah. right? I mean, like I said I've got two teenagers at home and uh I'm definitely sending them across to you. How old are so, your teens? Uh my daughter is 15, son is 17. Ah, uh, so great age for age to start. <laughs> they're a lot of fun. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. Uh So uh, you know uh, there's something that I uh, that I read uh, and it seems uh, you call yourself a rebel educator and I'm going to dig into what does what does that mean Okay so this happened because if you ask most people what is your experience with school mm. uh, or college and you're going to get answers ranging from bored and confused mm. to frustrated and you know uh, disengaged yeah. uh, 
uh, a lot of people say it was fun but when they say it's fun what they are talking about is the social circle the interaction right. that affords sure. nobody actually says the learning was fun mm. and i i find that so ridiculous we mm. spent 17 years of our life in the education system we spend a ton of money on our kids yep. right and their fondest memories are hanging out with their bff yep. i mean there has to be something wrong here mm. and that is what i i think we can't we can't let that be sure. um so learning cannot leave kids should not leave kids feeling disengaged mm. feeling disempowered with no sense of agency over their own learning i, I think that's unnatural yep. it's cruel and unusual punishment for mm. them because teens are and kids are biologically predisposed to learning mm. it's a survival instinct sure. that's uh, that's how they learn that's how they survive yeah. and to think that our education system is leaving them disengaged bored and you know confused mm. and and frustrated um, and disempowered most likely that isn't what we want what we want is for teens to feel so engaged we don't want compliance i want them to come because they're feeling so engaged and they love the interaction yeah. i don't want them to be extrinsically motivated because of a grade they're going to get sure. i want them to be intrinsically motivated because mm. they see the value in what they're learning yeah. um i also want them to be naturally curious because mm. that's their nature that's who they are yeah. as i think it's our job as as teachers as educators as as parents to rekindle that engagement to make yeah. sure our classes are engaging to make sure that they understand why they need how they will benefit we need to take time to maybe see our see students for the individuals and not as a class yeah. uh, maybe take a little more time to build relationships with mm-hmm. the kids because I don't think any significant learning happens without a significant relationship and Agreed. I think that's that's quite clear. Um I also want kids to stop seeing themselves through the lens of uh, aptitude tests or SAT scores mm. or Instagram filters as we say. I I want them I want us to stop putting them in, you know, metaphorical boxes mm. just because some higher powers at be say that they need to be like this. Yeah. I want them to be able to stand up and own the traits that make them different because that is essentially what's going to that's going that's what's going to be their USP later in life. Absolutely. By putting them in a little box and saying you need to fit in here, we're really doing them a disservice. Yeah. So what I want to do as a rebel educator and what a rebel educator I believe does is dismantles that framework of fear and coercion around education mm. which there is there is a whole oh, framework of fear I, and coercion I, I absolutely right? agree. <laughs> and I think that needs to be dismantled mm. I think we need to inspire our kids to to learn far beyond what is mandated by the education system because yeah. that's when true learning is I I think we need to inspire them to a global consciousness mm. not just a nationalistic one yeah. uh to a sense of justice not mm. just lawfulness mm. very interesting a respect yeah. for life or life sure. uh, that's what a rebel educator does and i think that's what i strive to do every day so i hope that answers your no, question fascinating and uh, really uh, also uh, so I'll, i'll share a little bit of a story with you right uh, when my son was uh, in school uh, he was in in a particular curriculum i'll not name the school or the <laughs> curriculum but uh, at a certain stage i could see that whole curiosity go out of his uh, his approach suddenly from loving science he went to hating science uh, suddenly from loving I subjects mean, he went to correct. hating I it mean, not just subjects but that. i think a yeah. general approach there was a lot of creativity before he would do a lot of things etc etc and that just sort of went away i could see that you know it, as a parent i could see that happening and i could see the transition so shifted schools to a different curriculum and you know where there was a lot more engagement where there was a lot more practical sort of uh conversations with regard to and uh, thankfully touch with both my children have sort of flourished and changed after that but uh, i can resonate with what you're saying in terms of uh 
the curriculums and i don't know whether uh, how the problem can be resolved and tackled but uh, you know the curriculums do the do the curriculums drive something like that do the teachers what I is the role i think it's more teacher based like yeah. i said i don't think kids have a favorite subject mm. what they have is a favorite teacher yeah. if they like the teacher they're fully they motivated to study they love the subject yeah. if you'll notice most kids their favorite subject goes it sort of just trails along to their favorite the teacher favorite. and and that is something that i think that's such an immense power that teachers hold with them that mm. you have the power to make the subject somebody's favorite subject just yeah. because of the way you teach it and that is something i don't think any educator should take for granted or okay. or that's the power that we have Absolutely. and um, and that's exactly it i mean i know my my daughter she used to love science and yeah. then one year she had a teacher who was just the kids were terrified of her mm. because if they asked her a question she would first yell back at them and say you know it's uh, she went from loving science to absolutely detesting the subject yeah. A- and the fact that that can happen because of one person um so i don't really think it's the curriculum i've seen so many different curriculums sure. i think a lot of it has to do with the actual teachers the person yeah. teaching the curriculum yeah. it that doesn't matter sense. what curriculum it is makes it sense. is it is all about the teacher absolutely uh, i mean while the curriculum uh, needs to yes, evolve as well of course I, uh, that I is that's a given but i think uh, the right teacher can also make it really engaging and, and, and make the kids motivated to learn and uh, i think we, and that goes beyond age groups whether sure. we are you know 13 or 37 we all like a teacher that we can relate to that sees us as a person that that actually yeah. knows us that's what i'm saying there i think the thing of building a relationship is very key Correct. there's no significant learning that can happen without a significant relationship irrespective of which stage in your life you are hmm. Yep, and uh, today we're learning a lot later in life as well. In terms of, it's it's really become a continuous process. I mean, we don't stop learning it anymore. It has to be. Uh, it has to be, and yeah, <laughs> I agree. And teachers can make all that difference. Uh, parents come to you very often uh, and talk to you about their kids. Uh, when when you know when you're having those conversations with them, they're describing their children or describing the pain that they're having with their children. Uh, I'm sure there are thoughts going in and around your head as well as to okay you know there is the wrong perspective that the parents are taking or they are they sort of they are they are they are making a mistake in the way they approach it or they think about it so yeah. what are those common things that you see as as mistakes that parents make all right so firstly i guess i'd like to say that as parents we are doing our best we no one is actively making a mistake knowing they're making a mistake so sure. it's usually it's very unconscious is because that's the way we've been brought up uh, and we have a hundred other things on our plate sure. actually taking time to explain how money works is not on their bandwidth mm-hmm. and it's also not part of their core expertise because not many parents or grown-ups have had a financial education right yeah. we've learned by making expensive mistakes we're Correct. not sure that's exactly the right way we want our kids to learn or that we are the best people to be teaching our kids this when we haven't learned about it in a, in through a formal education okay. um but that being said there are a couple of uh, the most common ones that mm-hmm. i see yep. uh, so i think uh, one of them would be that parents tend to focus a lot on tactics like you know mm. should i give my kid a credit card or how much of an allowance should i give my kids or uh, should i get them to read a particular book now what i'm saying is that uh, that's all great but that's all very tactical yeah. what we need as parents to do is just you know get the birds eye view be a little more strategic about mm. it and uh, when i say strategic i mean talk about the mindset talk about talk about the goals because that is the most strategic way of looking at it yep. actually giving things like credit cards and allowances and debit cards is statistically shown to not make any difference sure. if they don't have the financial education if they have the financial education then these tools really amplify that effect and they Got become it. a lot more effective but if they don't 
then you yeah. it doesn't make a difference but a lot of parents tend to focus oh because i've given my kid a credit card hence they are you know they know how to manage their money no they don't yeah. or because your kids are using a budgeting app actually no they're using it as a just as a record keeping they're not really thinking about what they are spending and in what category they should be spending less yeah. so that's why i say that i think parents should try and be more strategic and mm. not so tactical with regard to it because the tactics are easy to learn yeah. it's the strategy that requires a little bit of uh, thinking sure and uh, you know that's really interesting and so one of the things that you think uh, uh, you think that um parents would probably understand and, and probably it, it sort of comes back down to the fact that we've had a way of thinking about it ourselves and yeah. as parents right so what would some of those strategies be i mean how would what would the mindset need to be to sort of get so to firstly that? i i think uh, we have to realize that with kids not learning about money or not knowing about money for them is what i call an unconscious incompetence they mm. don't know that they don't know Correct. they don't know how critical the skill is in order for them to step up and be successful yeah. they don't realize how critical the skill is for every aspect of their life yeah. because trust me if they knew they do everything in their power to <laughs> learn it really quickly right sure. the the point is that they don't know it is an unconscious incompetence for them yeah. so what i think uh, what are are our job is as our responsibility is as as parents and as educators mm. is to take our kids from that journey from unconscious incompetence mm. to unconscious competence mm. that's where they are so good at what they do they're making good money decisions by not even having to think, think twice about it, about it. because it's ingrained as part of their dna it is it becomes second nature to them mm. and if if we can recognize that there is this gap that they don't know what they don't know and that's why we need to be a little understanding when they don't want to come for classes for yeah. to learn about money because they think they they don't know that they don't know that this is a gap Correct. within them Correct. so we can be a little more empathetic and just realize that it's because of their unconscious incompetence mm. so if it even if it needs you know we need to explain it to them and bring them along that journey from unconscious incompetence to unconscious competence Compet- that's when you know you you've actually uh, done yeah. what you uh, no you make a great point there i mean uh, i think kids have a, a sense that money is important they but they don't really i, th- I don't think they can point a finger as to and uh, if you ask them to ins- explain why they will probably give very strange and yeah, uh, because funny it answers. is it is something that they need a, a little bit of guidance, guidance about this is not something that they it a lot of parents think you know i figured it out so my kids will yeah. figure it out yeah they will but how much i mean you they are going to it's going to cost them a lot in terms of time yep. it's going to cost them a lot in terms of money yeah. and i think more more damaging than that it's going to cost them a lot in terms of self confidence mm. because once you realize you're making bad money decisions yeah. it really begins to affect your confidence it begins it begins to spill out like we said into every other aspect of your sure. life so yes there's a chance you could your kids could figure out by themselves but why would you want them to when yeah. there's a safer way there's a cheaper way there's a, a way that's so much less of painful and, and that's that's essentially what we're saying yeah and also i think uh, to add to that once once you're uh, and we did uh, discuss this when we were uh, uh, offline but once you've reached a certain sort of stage age possibly uh, there are mindsets formed attitudes formed about money that may be difficult to change so Yeah, uh, that's why I teach kids and not grown-ups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, I like easy work. So There for me teaching teaching kids and teens is very simple. It's very simple to mold them. They are still at a stage where you can mold their behaviors, mm. their attitude, their mindset. Uh, 
you know, which is going to be a lot more difficult when they grow up. When those yeah. behaviors are set, your mindset is formed, your habits are formed, your Correct. you know the way you behave is is sort of set in stone, and it's very difficult to change. Uh, but with teens, you begin to see that that change even while the program is going on. Mm. Like from a day to day basis, they come back the next day and they're like, you know, when you see those the their the this is the scales fall off their eyes. Yeah. It is one of the most amazing things as an educator to see that because you know that they get it. Correct. They actually, you know, they absolutely get it. And um, I was talking to somebody and they were saying that they was, you know, teenagers must be very difficult age group to teach and they are. Sure. They are the most difficult demographic to teach. I, I agree. Mm. But it's also the most rewarding because for one, they are the at-risk group. Mm. They are the group spending more money than ever generation, any generation ever did before them. Correct. Right? They are presently clueless about money and they are going to graduate into one of the most economically challenging times in modern history. Mm. And they're going to do that with no knowledge of money. It's mm. so a perfect storm. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so uh, back to parents. Uh, what are the things that you've seen parents do that have actually worked? I mean, some of the things that, are, that, are, that have been good or some good examples of you know, parents doing the right thing. So what we try to do is we try to get the conversation going. Now, mm. normally, um, one of the main reasons why it doesn't work when parents do them by themselves because of the something that I call proximity bias. Mm. Your kids are too close to you to actually appreciate your knowledge, your your, your wisdom, <laughs> your, uh, your, your sense of... <laughs> right. So, And that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, but what we try to do is we actually... Um, we craft that conversation. We yeah. get the kids to come to you with certain questions. We train them in the art of asking questions in terms of getting the story from you, you see, sure. because it's also not their fault. When most parents talk to kids about money, what do we do? We lecture. We're like, mm. you know, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't be doing yeah. that. What you're doing is wrong. You're not saving money. Our kids aren't listening to us. They've Correct. switched off. They've yeah. absolutely switched off when we, when, we, when we went into lecture mode. What works is wrapping that message around a story mm. something that happened in your life that you could help them learn from just don't start that story with when i was young because yeah. that doesn't work right so <laughs> that's it immediate switch off that's like oh my goodness let's switch the story off but again. if you tell yeah. them a story and you wrap your message around a story as humans we are hardwired to listen to stories mm. and i think as kids and teens so much more so if you wrap your message around a story it just works amazingly and then kids come back to us when when they've had that conversation and for a lot of them you know they could be 17 19 20 year olds this is the first time they've actually had a conversation with their parents about money mm. aside from give me some yeah and for both sides it's it's very revealing they're like wow this is the first time i've actually had this conversation with you i understand where you're coming from i understand the kind of financial setbacks you've had but more than that i understand what's what led to those setbacks mm. what made you have them what what have you learned from them sure. these are typically not conversations that parents and kids have sure. uh, but i think if you start that it makes such a huge difference because it brings the topic of money you know front and center, front and center. which it isn't uh, yeah. for for most families and most yeah. cultures it it just isn't yeah i think it's the, there's a little bit of a i don't know if it's necessarily secrecy but or need it's to like know a taboo kind of, yeah, around there's, there's a cultural that, like a ca cultural taboo around money yeah. <laughs> and it's strange because you mentioned something earlier uh, about the about a similar sort of uh, experience when it comes down to the the female gender with women yes uh, and that's something that we've uh, from a from a company perspective also been exploring and I've looking at i've seen that yes uh, and i think yeah, there are a lot of similarities in terms of the core issues that are there uh, and maybe the the way to sort of resolve that is also through sort of having a proper education for more and more uh, of our, I mean, uh, individuals, I think, irrespective of gender. So, yeah. Um, and that brings me to the an analogy that you keep using, uh, Keanu Reeves. 
and the matrix and uh, you know teaching teens about money uh, can you share that with us with our yeah, listeners yeah so i i use this analogy because i think it f- it fits quite well mm-hmm. uh, so in the in the movie the matrix uh, you know when morpheus gives neo a choice he's like he gives you a red pill or a blue pill so i think that's kind of the choice that you are given to give yep. your teens are you going to give them the red pill mm-hmm. or are you going to give them the blue pill and mm-hmm. i'd get into so with the red pill everything changes right mm-hmm. think life gets a bit harder because your kid is knocked out of his or her comfort zone mm-hmm. uh, there's a little bit of time there's time commitment uh, there's a there's a money commitment as well yep. um, and your kids not going to be very happy with you mm-hmm. right because you're they, because they don't appreciate the opportunity that they've been given so mm-hmm. you have to understand that mm-hmm. um, that's the downside there's a massive upside to this right your kids going to understand how money works they're yeah. going to understand how to modify their behavior their mindset uh, and their attitude mm. so that they are making smarter money decisions mm. uh, they're also you know just like neo dodges the bullet mm. you can actually with this they're able to dodge the metaphorical metaphorical bullet of of scams of yeah. uh, you know bad loans of just credit card debt of just really all of the big financial pitfalls that grown ups fall into they're able yeah. to dodge that because they have the knowledge mm. um it's going to cost you money in the short term but the key word here is short term yeah. if you look at the results you look at the the returns on that they're just stratospheric mm. and that's what happens with the red pill yeah. now you choose to give your kid the blue pill and nothing changes yeah. right your kids are never going to understand how people are enslaved by money yeah. they're going to be blind to that fact they are going to go back to their comfort zone and living in blissful ignorance so yeah. and they're going to be the upside is they're going to be pretty happy with you because you're not forcing them to change sure that's the upside sure. there's a really bad downside to yeah. that as you can tell from now they're going to fall and it's not a question of if your kids are going to get into financial trouble it's a question of when your kids get into financial yeah. trouble because it's going to hit everybody yeah. right and and that is something that you that we as parents need to understand mm. um they're going to fall for scams they're they're going to fall for all sorts of all sorts of financial fraud yeah. because they're not prepared i think also what's worse is that they're not going to start any wealth building activity until mm. it's too late yeah. and that is one of the big upsides of giving them the red pill because as soon as they have that as soon as they're 18 they start wealth building activity yep. which is what's going to give them you know sort of that 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 backup that security for the rest of their life whereas with the blue pill yeah they're going to be happier with you because you didn't force them to do anything yep. but uh, it, it's got a massive downside yeah. to it I and uh, yeah. like morphe says you know all i offer is the truth the choice is <laughs> <laughs> the choice is yours all right <laughs> so absolutely and i think uh, you touched upon one of the things which i just want to explore a little right mm-hmm. uh, credit cards yeah. um, from uh, and uh, this is from experienced uh, sort of talking with my children about from 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 their perspective credit cards are great i mean they see you using it all the time of course, and it's like a magic you wand you just yeah, you, you don't money. even have to yeah you just tap it around and you get whatever you want yeah, that's and, right and uh, those of us who've lived a little have uh, <laughs> have a good understanding of how good they are and uh, the the pitfalls of not being able to understand and and manage uh, you know uh, a credit card and i think it's probably one of the the most devastating instruments that yeah. that has been introduced in the You're financial sector. Yeah, absolutely right. I think and because it's so uh, because exactly what you said it is one it can be very devastating but again a credit card like anything else is a tool, right? Yeah. So just because a knife is used to kill people you can't say it's bad. Sure. You can use and that's what we that's in, that's what we tell the kids as well. You know, it can be really useful. It helps you build a credit score. There are so of many course. advantages to having a credit card yes. and it's something that's become a necessity now. Yeah. So what we need to do is we actually need to teach them how to Absolutely. use it wisely. How because you know st- most kids what on you know what basis they choose their credit cards 
on yeah. on the design on you know mm. or if it's Barcelona or yeah. Real Madrid or whoever whichever team is sort of names plastered all over it mm. so in our program we actually have an entire class only dedicated to credit cards mm. because it's that much of a problem yeah. even if you have every other aspect of your life sorted if you cannot handle your your credit cards properly your your you know the guardrails are off Absolutely. so we actually have this um, entire class which is dedicated to prog- uh, to credit cards sure and enough. by the end of the class the kids are just like I'm like did I scare you because that was exactly <laughs> my intention. So but it's they need to understand the kind of danger that it poses. They need yeah. to understand they need to understand what kind of charges and fees are there because Absolutely. when you know when you're sold a credit card you're just told you know you get buy one get one free at the yeah. tickets you get valet parking at the malls. Mm. That's how you sold it but the the actual uh, the the actual cost of having a credit card is so much deeper than that the understanding needs to go so much deeper and um that's what uh, yeah. the class actually gives it no and uh, i think that's extremely important many adults don't understand yeah. understand credit cards as well that's true uh, <laughs> and uh, we actually go through reading a credit card statement i mean i know most grown ups who don't yeah. know how to read a statement mm-hmm. uh, they don't understand that i know actually know someone who's like 29 years old uh-huh. who for many years has been paying just a minimum payment due because oh, wow. it said that on the card yep right uh, so it's <laughs> a, yeah no no I, i completely get that in fact one of the biggest challenge uh, the biggest uh, not challenges the biggest problems that we uh, counsel clients on adults uh, generally is understanding credit card debt, and, credit card debt yeah. and how how they need to sort of think about it and get rid of it as quickly as possible and i think uh, you're you're going to the root of the problem while we are currently ad- addressing uh, yeah i guess you're all you're all working downstream you're all yeah. fishing people out of the water saving right. them what we are doing is making sure that they don't get pushed in in the first place Absolutely. A- and that is exactly the upstream analogy that is is we don't want to mate until the kids are in trouble and then have some debt collection agency and, and you know explain it to them what we are doing is we are making sure that they aren't pushed in in the first place absolutely no that that's fantastic um so one of the other uh, things that we touched upon in terms of uh, being able to to look at you know changing the mindsets of of uh, children when and at an early stage and uh, we believe that you know changing the mindset can lead to change behaviors oh, absolutely are there examples that you can share with us in terms of uh, any mindset changes or behavioral changes well, that I you've seen i think yeah like i said i think mindset's really important that is the first lesson that we start with because everything ha- 80% of what you want to learn just happens up here in your mind yeah. the tactics are just 20% mm-hmm. right so um we f- our first class is with mindset because you will be surprised that kids as young you know teenagers who have me- negative connotations about money negative associations with money you know and and that's it's a very cultural thing like money mm-hmm. is the root of all evil or do you think money grows on trees but yeah. to, to to see this change happen right from the time that they are that age when they are you know yeah i don't want to be wealthy because wealthy people are evil or whatever mm-hmm. it is it's not a good thing to see oh, yeah. so changing that mindset for me is is the number one thing for us as a as a program and, and as as a company because it is so important yes. because we might teach them everything else but if you don't sort out the mindset problem it, it's kind of uh, it's oh yeah, very absolutely. very ineffective right yeah. i might teach you how to use a credit card properly but if you have negative connotations about money and you see that as you can't demonize what you desire yep. so you can't want to be rich and say it's being rich is bad uh, no, so no, but unfortunately that is very much how and it's surprising to see this as in you know in really young kids as well mm-hmm. uh, so i think that mind shift for us is really important to make and it's easy to make it's easily sure. done it sure. you know takes 15 20 minutes to actually make that mindset but you have to take that time to understand that this is something that you need to focus on that's all mm. and i think i think any program 
it doesn't matter what they teach but if it doesn't start with mindset then it really doesn't uh, doesn't get along very far or doesn't doesn't no, have there's that kind it, there's of not much effect that that it actually has so i think you need to start there's a reason why the world's best coaches businessmen you know athletes the first thing they focus on is the mindset, mindset so absolutely. there's a reason it works absolutely. and that's what we need to focus on yeah i mean i when you were saying that the, first, the you know the thought that was popping up into my head was money can't buy happiness yeah and exactly so i mean are those the messages that we are leaving our children with and it definitely is the message from what uh, i'm seeing it's, it's i've taught well. just today we did a class with at separate times but in total 150 kids and i can tell you that almost half of them had the same issue like mm. no but why do we have to learn about you know money is not everything it's not like yeah but what i guess what they but for, for anybody who thinks that um, financial education is about money mm. they're missing the point yeah. that's all i have to say because mm. it isn't about money it's about giving you that financial that security it's about making you feel like okay i'm i don't have to worry so much i i am i'm comfortable okay. it, it's about it's about that self confidence it's about knowing that if you lose your job tomorrow you're not scrambling around because your family is going to be on the streets mm. it's knowing that if you have a really bad job and if you have a boss who you know a really bad you can walk away because sure you have that security and you 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 have something to fall back on yeah. it's about knowing that if you do lose your job again you're going to be okay yeah. right it, all of these things can you put a price on that yeah. you can't put a price yeah. on that yeah. right it's it's the price of knowing that no matter what happens you're going to be okay your family is going to be okay because you have you have the you have the backup in place to to deal with something you have the emergency funds in place and and so it's not about money it's about your peace of mind it's Correct. about your it's about your well-being your yeah. physical well-being it's about your mental well-being as well mm. because more than 50% of mental health issues yeah. are caused due to financial Financial problems, problems right yeah. it's because of people either owe money or they have loans or in debt so it isn't about the money yeah. and once you get kids to see, to see that and they do see that because mm. they've seen this whether you know i think this pandemic has really brought this issue again out into the focus into the spotlight they've seen that with their with their families they've seen that with their neighbors with their friends that money is a big problem yeah. and no matter how grown up you are people are still messing up so Absolutely. what's going on here Absolutely. so i i think uh, they learn pretty quickly it's it's easy to teach them that's all i can say that's good i mean that that's a relief and it's a, it's a good thing uh, because while uh, you know i mean messages can be mixed it it, it doesn't really help uh, no. especially when uh, with children um you know you've seen uh, like uh, like we said about 3 and a half or 1000 students walk in the door uh, of uh, uh, with you and uh, i'm sure during that period of time you've seen some transformations as well uh, are there any examples that you can share of st- oh, of so of many I mean, there's there's so many i can't it's not like i can but i can tell you that the transformations you see begin to happen while the program is going on mm. and the transformations happen when the parents call me and say my kids are now questioning my buying uh, my mm. buying behaviors you know and that for me is amazing because they're actually yeah. they actually have the confidence to say Are you sure you need that fourth pair of new shoes <laughs> mom or you know it's it, or do you need that fifth bottle of cologne when mm. you have so it is them taking that that step to say I'm comfortable to talk to you about money I'm comfortable to actually question your money decisions and yeah. a lot of parents say that they're actually making smarter decisions than I am yeah they're not falling for the sales they aren't, they aren't falling for the marketing gimmicks mm. because you have to understand all of these marketing companies are spending millions of dollars training their staff how to sell sure how much of training do your kids have in how to buy Not right? Yep. Not at all. And how much are they buying? A lot. Yep. They are being sure. served up the algorithm gods as you say are serving yeah. them up things. 
you don't even know that they want them they don't even know that they want them yeah. right but it's being served up on ads to them so we re- this is something that we really need to get our kids educated on it's not a question of money anymore it's more a question of their of their safety their mental health their, their physical well-being because it's all so intricately tied yeah and uh, you know you you raise a very good point given the uh, given the current state of uh, technology and with artificial intelligence with machine learning coming about with uh, huge amounts of data being uh, available accessible on you know every possible behavior and the analysis of that those messages are just going to get even more uh, you know spot on in terms of being able to uh, being able to sort of bring the that thing up and if they don't have the framework to deal with it it's it's just going to lead to a lot of uh, yeah right and you know and times. i think that there's one more thing i really like to bring that up if mm-hmm. we have the time but it um kids nowadays are very very interested in investing in learning to invest because mm-hmm. of the whole you know the media surrounding uh, bitcoin and cryptocurrency okay. and with you know whether it's gamestop or whether it's robinhood and yeah. all the free for all with democratizing uh, uh trading or the the issue is that investing is great and that is something that they need to learn yes but the problem is that investing is like the roof of a house you cannot put the roof of a house without strong walls and strong foundation that Absolutely. is a recipe for disaster but yeah. that is exactly where our kids are heading because mm. they want to learn about investing so they are directly signing up to investing courses mm. really uh, teaching you to day trade teaching you to stock pick teaching you so and and these kids don't understand they're not mature enough they don't have the intellectual cap- capability at this point to understand how how detrimental that is to their future yeah. uh and this can be when i say dangerous i mean it in a very literal way mm. uh, this is you know on the 12th of uh, june there was it's the first death anniversary of alex keens he's a 20 year old um, college student in yeah. nebraska who committed suicide because he thought uh, he was on the trading platform uh, sure. Robinhood and he thought uh, that he owed $700,000. Yeah. Uh, it's just that he didn't know how to read it. He, it was a mistake and he didn't realize that and because he didn't want to burden his parents with the financial issue he jumped in front of a train. Yeah. This kid had no even in his suicide note he wrote I had no idea what I was doing. He was allowed to trade options. Yeah. He didn't know what that meant. He d- had no idea about anything that he was doing. Yeah. I'm saying that this is an extreme example sure. but it you see and this is one there are so many more people whose lives are completely ruined because they got into something that they didn't understand yeah. they've got into trading thinking I can make a quick buck they need to understand there is no such thing as a quick buck absolutely right and, and that is maybe it's a hard lesson to learn because everybody wants a get rich quick scheme yeah. but maybe this is an important lesson we should be teaching our kids and and like i said investing is important but there is a precursor to it mm. and the precursor is financial education because if your kid is not financially educated and has started investing that is just a recipe for disaster and if that's one thing and i've seen this maybe probably more in the last 6 months because of all the whole cryptocurrency uh, you know the whole the media focus on that mm. is that every every teenage kid teenage you know talking about So what about Bitcoin? Bitcoin what do you think I'm like I'm sorry but I cannot answer that because that's a ridiculous question to ask at this point you don't know what is the difference between a debit and a credit card yeah. and I don't think I'm you know I I yes there is time for that and sure. we will get to that but there are such certain building blocks that need to be put of in course. place um and that's something that I think is a f- one of the most damaging mistakes I would say would yeah. would be that letting your kids get into the whole investing thing and a lot of parents think my kids are investing they're trading and 
uh, and I've had the conversation with the kids and the kids are like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm doing something. It seems yeah. to be working. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's like that. It seems to be working. They're giving it a try there. And until and unless they, they build that foundation, and we see that uh, yeah. very often, that the foundation is not there. That doesn't allow you or give you the, the framework to be able to deal with many of the more complicated, complex issues that might come across. Um, yep, and uh, you know, you started off on this journey uh, with wanting to teach your daughters about finance. I know that was. Uh, um, <laughs> how did that go, and what happened? Would you like to give us a little bit about? Yeah, uh, you so know, about four and a half start. years ago, I uh, my kids were eight and twelve at the time, and uh, they. <laughs> I realized that they had no clue about money. They were yeah. just completely clueless. And I think it happened when they wanted me to buy them a horse. Oh, I okay. thought it was a plastic. They were obsessed with animals. And I thought they wanted those plastic toys. And I said, uh-huh. yeah, that's a good idea. They're like, oh, no, mom. So we've done the research because they know they got to come to me with research. <laughs> they, they've, we've done the research. And uh, there's a horse in Germany and there's free shipping and she's family friendly. And I was like going wow. on. Well, one second, one second. What are we talking about again? <laughs> so they wanted to actually buy a real horse, and I think uh-huh. that was the that was the straw that broke the camel's back, so to okay. say, in terms of me figuring out. Okay, I need to teach these kids mm. a little bit about wants and needs and and and, and expenditure and yeah. and what you know. Uh, so that is what started it off. But also, it I I, I say it's them, but it wasn't just them, right? Sure. It's not just the, it wasn't just my kids. It I mean, I, the more I looked around, I saw that everybody's kids did it. And I didn't intend to start a company, Anselm. Mm. I int- I wanted to just enroll them for a program. I was just looking to s- for somebody to teach them this, and I'd be happy to enroll them for the program. Yep. But I didn't find that. Mm. Um, whatever I found was very very trite advice, like have three jars and you know and the kind of things. Which yep. yeah, you've Same heard that. Yeah, you've heard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I thought that's that's not enough, right? Mm. They won't. Uh, so um, I thought, how hard can it be? Yeah. So I went. I studied myself I got the curriculum and I said let's say I can teach this to you all oh that was a mistake (laughs) 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 because like I told you kids don't learn from their parents right so they just don't Uh, but yet when I when I started the uh, started the company and put the kids to the program Mm -hmm. they'd come back with me like no mom do you know what we learned today and my god it's so amazing and I'd be like hang on a second you had no reaction I told you the same Same thing you had no reaction but of course somebody else tells you but that's the way it is it's proximity bias again and as we just learn need to learn to not take it personally <laughs> yeah. no, no absolutely I think at the end and of the day it's in their best interest it's as in well, their right? best interest exactly and yeah. I think it's also better when they learn from experts because like just like you know, we wouldn't teach our own kids to drive because sure. do we always do the shoulder check? Yeah, we're not sure. Do we always show the thing? So I think it's great when kids learn from experts because you, you're sure that every I is dotted and every T is crossed. Yeah. Just because something is a, is more complicated to discuss, the, we're not going to skip over it. Just because right. something's uncomfortable to talk about, we're not going to skip it. Yeah. So at least you're, you're, you have the certainty that you know that your kids are getting the best education if they're, if they're learning from experts. And uh, and that's just something that's also important to, to think about. Who mm. is who's teaching your kids about money? Yep. Because money is something that, you know, you want it, right? You, you get only one shot at it. You don't, sure. get your, you don't get to enroll your kids for three different financial education programs. Sure. That's not going to work. Sure. You only couldn't get to enroll them for one. So I think you really should make sure that uh, whoever is teaching them has the right sort of integrity and, and uh, you know, uh, just around, just around the concept and I think that that's sure. really important as well so uh, you've come a long way uh, definitely from starting out and getting your to to wanting your daughters to learn and you've got now a company several people working with you you're running programs in schools and other institutions you're running programs with uh, corporations uh, corporates as well what's next where do you go from here what's your vision what's your uh, what's the impact that you want to have 
Okay. I, I guess it's more impact than vision. But I, I really like to see this um, have a, a, a larger impact. So what we're doing, like for example, we have this, uh, the partnership with Emirates, Emirates NBD has come on board, but we're looking to work with more financial institutions who realize that it is in their interest to have more educated consumers. Yeah. Now, I know that's not typically right, and uh, but for, yeah. I think for... Uh, Financial institutions who have that sort of integrity, they they realize that yeah, an educated customer actually works better for them. Absolutely. And I'd like to work with more financial uh, institutions to get this out into uh, into the masses. Like, so I'd actually do this through schools. You know, actually teach loads and loads of kids in a year to how to do this because. Uh, I can't do this alone. I can't do this with one part. This isn't a problem that one person or one organization can solve. But I think if everybody comes together, we can do this. And this initiative that we started, it's actually the first time that something like this has happened where we've had banks come in and work with us to deliver this program to schools. schools. You know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a three-way partnership and it's worked fantastically. The schools are happy, the banks are happy, they're getting, you know, great it's yeah. great for them. It's great for us because the our reach has suddenly become so much, so much bigger. So for me, I, I think it would be so great to get more partners on board sure. uh, with this initiative. And yes, we're talking to, to so many, but um, it just, that for me would ma- really make a big difference to see this grow. That is awesome. And uh, we're keeping a watch. We're really uh, interested in seeing how this evolves and grows. All the very best to you. And <laughs> Thank I think, you so uh, much. You know, it's been fantastic having a conversation with you. Um, I'm sure my children are going to uh, be a part of the program. I'm going to send them across to you and I hope they're reformed and come back. Uh, that much I can guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> I make very few guarantees, but that yeah. I can. <laughs> Perfect. So Malin, if uh, our audience, uh, listeners, parents want to get in touch with you, learn more or uh, find out how they can get their, uh, their kids uh, to be a part of the program, uh, how do they do that? Where do they find you? Well, the best way would be uh, to get onto our website, which is kidsfinanceinitiative.com mm-hmm. and uh, book a discovery call with us because then we have a call with you and your kids and sort of really guide you as to the best fit, uh, sure. f- the best program fit for your child. Uh, I'm also very active on LinkedIn mm-hmm. uh, and all our social media handles. That's at kidsfinanceinitiative.com. So I think that should be uh, easy yeah. enough to get in touch with us perfect thank you once again Marilyn have a, have a fantastic day and we thank you thank you, you so again. much for having me here and we hope to have you back again on the show at some point of time. Oh, that's very kind <laughs> <laughs>